Welcome back, listeners, for another episode of Bricks and Clicks. We are your hosts, Colin and Johnny. We have no producer with us this week. No, Lucas. The smooth sounds of Lucas's voice will not be gracing your ear holes today, as he is, I believe, with his dad at a concert. Paul McCartney Uh, in Boston, I think. Paul McCartney. So we won't give him too much flack. So it's just us. And we're going to be chatting today, addressing a question that came in from a listener around velocities and velocity dilution. And as a result of talking about velocities, we're going to introduce some distribution measures and go a little deeper on what exactly ACV is, a word we hear a lot and is often somewhat misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, velocity is an important metric we've talked about in the past and we use it all the time because we've mentioned the simple model of velocity times distribution or stores that you're selling in or ACV million that you're selling in is equals your total volume. So it's a really important metric in that simple model, but it's not well-defined. And there are a lot of different definitions of velocity. When we talk about it, it could be units per store per week, per item. It could be units per store per week for a pack type, for a brand. There's a lot of different variations of it. And so it's important first when you talk about velocity to, to define it. And so one of the simple ones that I like to use, the default for me is units per store per week that you're selling in for one item. So like uh, the Oreo 12 pack, what is the velocity at Safeway NorCal? And how does that change? And how does that evolve? And how does that feed into our model? That's what I define it as. What about you? Yeah. So it's, that's my favorite units per store per week or dollars per store per week. That's always my go-to. Why do you like dollars? What's an advantage of dollars per store per week? Because you're right. That is a good one. Yeah. I like looking at retail dollars for two reasons. First of all, we're selling to the buyer. The buyer is managing some physical space on the shelf. So they have so many linear inches or square feet or whatever it is on shelf. And they're usually trying to drive more dollars out of that. So if they're going to take in an item, when we're trying to compare how good an item is, I want to drive more dollars in the slot that item would take up. If one item does four units per store per week and another item does one unit per store per week, that doesn't tell me which one of those drives more dollars because we don't know what the price is. Yeah. So dollars is the thing usually we're trying to drive more of. So I default to that measure. The second reason is that dollars is my favorite normalizing unit. Sometimes we'll do velocities on like EQs or ounces or something like that. But it gets confusing when the measures and pack counts are different. And so dollars just kind of does the normalizing into a unit that we're all familiar with. That's it's so important to do that when you're especially when you're comparing across all items in a category and the different sizes. You just look at dollars per store per week. And you rank it on that. And that's probably how your category manager is doing, is looking at it as well. They're just going to rank on that because that's what they take to the bank. Now, mm-hmm. now, that being said, when we're doing our internal projections or our, like as a brand, we always start with units. That's kind of the driver of it is units per store per week. And then you can multiply by the retail price to get dollars per store per week, or you can multiply by our list price and feed it through our P&L. But the big driver of all these calculations is the units per store per week. So they're both important. It really depends on the context and what questions you're answering. The way I think about it is if it's internally focused, it's going to be units per store per week. If it's going Mm -hmm. to be retailer focused, we want to do dollars per store per week, retail dollars per store per week. Yeah. And then there's another denominator we can use. So all these velocity measures are going to be like units or dollars per stores or AV or something. And so this is a, this term is used all the time, ACV. Everyone's talking what about What does it mean? What does it mean, Colin? Because I don't think everyone knows what it means or what the definition is. I know I didn't when I started working in the industry. So what is ACV? 
Yeah, this was like the most confusing thing to learn getting into it. So ACV, it's simple. So let's demystify it. ACV stands for all commodity volume, which in itself doesn't mean a lot. But what it's measuring is it's actually telling if you break it down. So it's all of the commodity volume that is sold. And what that actually means is at a retailer, everything that they sell from all categories in say a year, what is that total? So it is a way of weighting stores based on how big they are. And we're measuring how big they are by how much stuff they sell. So the reason we like it is that these smaller stores where there's not as much foot traffic, they're maybe not in a great location. And when we get our stuff on the shelf, it just doesn't sell as much. So that store would have a lower AV. So when we want to measure velocity per something, instead of treating all stores equal, we can expect more from the good stores. So your units per ACV, call it like one at a good store. At a bad store, you sell fewer units, but you also have a lower ACV, so your velocity could be the same. It's a way of equivalizing across stores. It's interesting, right? Like we're looking, let's talk about Oreos, but this ACV number, that includes olive oil or includes cereal or includes mm -hmm. oatmeal, right? It includes all the categories. And at first I was like, why do I care about that? I just want to care about Oreos. But you're absolutely right. It gives a really good proxy for how big that store is. And we can expect if we double the ACV million, like if we go to a store that has double, that we're going to sell double because mm -hmm. I believe that's a function of the foot traffic in terms of the number of people going through the store. There's probably a lot more. They're bigger stores. There's more things to buy. And as a result, you're probably also going to sell more of your brand. So that's an important way to think about it. Yeah. And so we talk, we say ACV, we just, we throw the word ACV around when we're talking distribution too. And it's like a number between zero and a hundred, right? A hundred yeah. ACV means we got it all. 50% of the ACV, we say we're in half of the distribution. And so in that case, we're actually using ACV as a short form for ACV weighted store selling, which is a mouthful. That's why we never say it. But that's just saying, let's just say what percentage of stores are we in? Mm -hmm. But after we've weighted the stores by how big they are. So 50% of stores might be 60% of the ACV. Yep. And the important, the distinction there is that if we're in 50% of stores, and then we're going to get in the other 50% of stores, this is kind of how the question comes up. Should we expect to double our volume? No. If, if we're in 60% of the ACV, then no, I would say no, we're not going to double our volume because we only have 40% right. more to go. Yeah. But if we just look at stores, yeah. we'd say, well, we're in half the stores. We get in twice as many stores. We should sell twice as much. And so this is coming back now to that velocity dilution. As you get into more and more stores, you get into typically smaller and smaller stores because you're now getting into like the four foot sets. They just didn't have as much room, so they couldn't put you in earlier. And you really see so this, the, you really see this at the start, right? Like if you're selling in the initial 20% of the stores, the really big stores, then you're maybe in 30 or 40% of the ACV. And so mm. they're going to, they'll eventually converge in the same spot, converge to the same point, but it's that initial point where it's really variable, I guess, or you can't predict with it, right? From a store basis, you really got to look at the ACV. Yeah. And then it comes in at the end also. If you're in 80% of the stores and you think, okay, I am going from 80 to 100 should be a 25% increase in volume. But then you look at your ACV and that 80% of stores might have been 90 to 95% of the ACV. So you don't have a, as much opportunity to squeeze out maybe as you thought you had. That's exactly right. So these are both good measures, both useful at times. It's just important to know, to be aware of what the measure is actually measuring and when to use it. Yeah. And so the velocity dilution, again, coming back to the question, yes, we see velocity dilution at the store level because of the effect we talked about. We see it less at the ACV level 
because ACV does a, a good job of controlling for the store size. It's not perfect, but it's much better. If we start to expand our universe out from, say, a chain to a region or to the whole country, like a grocery, we get some weirder effects. And I'll actually mm-hmm. kick this off with an example. I was working with one brand where their grocery velocity seemed to change. And it changed differently depending on if you looked at per store per week or per ACV. And it wasn't clear exactly why. The answer was that there was, I think it was Kroger came online. So they got a bunch of distribution in this new chain. And then the velocity did crazy things. I think it went down, which is why we were looking at it. Cause yeah, it's always scary when velocities go down. And if they went up, we would just be high-fiving. But so the velocity went down. Everyone was very stressed and freaked out. And we go to look at it and it's like, okay, the velocity went down, but just because we got into Kroger. Which is good. This is a good okay. thing. Yeah. And then you look at Kroger and it's like, okay, well, our Kroger velocity is low. And it's like, no, they're doing about the same dollars per store per week we would expect at another store. And so this actually happens all the time. The channel level velocities is really hard to predict what they will do getting into a new chain. And I, I spent a lot of time looking at this and it's actually pretty difficult to explain without like showing a bunch of examples, but. The, the answer was like, it's going to be hard to tell out of the gate whether the velocity should go up or down at a channel level. Because if you're selling in a Wegmans, say our first retail grocery store we go into is Wegmans. Which is a great really store, store, huge velocities. High velocities. So we have that, we're in that, our ACV or at the channel level is killing it, like $20 per store per week or whatever you want to do on an ACV perspective. And then you go sell into Food Lion as your next one. That's what you're talking about, right, Colin? That's the example yeah. where... You see like, ah, oh, it's awesome at Wegmans. We go into Food Lion and now we're doing $5 per store per week, which might be really good at Food Lion, but mm-hmm. Food Lion stores just have lower velocities in general versus Wegmans. And so that's going to bring your overall channel average down. Exactly. And then if you go up another level, you start to look at total US like XAOC or Mulo, it gets even harder to predict because now you have all their channels coming in. So like yeah. a Walmart comes in and Walmart sells a ton of stuff that's not groceries. They're selling bikes, they're selling TVs, they're selling everything. So your velocity per ACV is inherently going to be different. And so when you throw that in the mix and you have a big mix change between your retailers and channels, your velocity can go up, it can go down, it can go up because you went into a high velocity store, it can go down because you went into a high velocity store. So it can actually go pretty much any direction. So the takeaway here is just to take your channel velocities with a grain of salt. They're great to look at, but if they go up or down, it's not always good or bad. It just means something changed and it does require a layer of analysis to, to make sure that everything's still good. Yeah. And I really advise staying away, making projections at the say Mulo level, like take your current velocity and then double your stores and get a new velocity or new total volume. That's those stores you add are going to be very different because it could be some grocery, some like drug convenience, I think is in there. If you're looking at Mulo, there could be even some club stores in there, not Costco, but Sam's or BJ's and Walmart. And you're gonna have this wide range and that could really, depending on where you get into, could really change that velocity number. And as a result, change your overall number. So we always advise doing things at the channel level when you're doing your projections, like build out your grocery channel, build out your natural, build out your mass, build out your club, build out your drug, your convenience. And then you can roll all that up to get your total business projection. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the answer is like a lot of this dilution is not happening because of the velocity actually changing on your product. It's it's a mix issue, just like we were talking about, like margin changing because we sold more of our multi-packs. It's just velocity changed because you sold more product in this other store. So it's a good thing to track. Dilution itself will happen. It's neither good nor bad. It's just, it's going to happen. Now, if velocity dilution is happening because say, 
they're moving shelves on you. Like there was a reset and your shelf changed or your price changed or your promotional plan changed. That's a legitimate velocity concern. Yeah, exactly. I guess the way I think about this is you got to take the next step, right? You can't just look at the velocities and be like, oh, our velocities are down at the Mula level, down 5%. Uh-oh, like this is really bad. Like the world's falling apart. It's like, you got to take that next step and go and dig into it. Like follow and say, follow the numbers and say, okay, what channel, what account, what skew? Did something happen that could be explaining it? Yeah, exactly. And then you find out the thing like the, oh, I got to call the buyer to find out what happened. Oh, we moved down two shelves. And so the extra layer of digging in is usually the thing that gives you the good insights, what you were saying. We just had this with one of our clients last week where looking at their main pack type, their velocities were down at the channel of grocery level, like down 5%. We're like, oh, that doesn't look good. And then we took it a step further and started going through all the accounts, like account level and seeing, wow, we could see a clear phase shift down 5%. Something must have happened here. Didn't change price, didn't change a promotional activity. We pulled up our incremental multi-pack said, oh, wow, multi-packs came in at that exact spot. So you could see our multi-packs weren't selling, they started selling and an immediate 5% decline in our singles, which tells me, hey, that there was some sort of cannibalization there on shelf, but it's still a good thing because the total business is up a lot. It was very incremental. And so it was all very positive, but still alarming to see at that high level. And there could have been some bad decisions. They might've been made if we didn't say, well, what's actually driving this? And no, this is actually a really positive story because we sold him more distribution of a really high velocity item that was very incremental. So our brand is up a ton. Often our instinct is to play with price and play with promotion. So we see velocities are down. And I think a lot of people's first reaction is like, okay, I gotta go do some more promotion. Or I have to go throw some shopper marketing at this to, to drive more trial. Yeah. And like these are expensive tactics expensive. we're talking about now. And so you can save a lot of dollars by, again, taking an hour, doing the analysis, and then address the real problem yeah. as opposed to just trying to bolster velocities that might not actually be down. Exactly. Which is, that's a great topic for another future conversation in terms of how can we impact the velocity if things are down or if they're up and how much yeah. can we expect that number to change at a specific account? which is a whole other topic. Great. Okay. Well, thanks to Jen, actually, for that velocity question. We appreciate all the questions. Feel free to shoot us an email or reach out on LinkedIn or whatever other means you have of getting in touch with us. If you've got some questions you'd like to hear some more about. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts. That sound is the dirty nail taking us out. We made it. We made it without Lucas. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. We'll talk to you all later. Thanks. See you, Colin. Bye-bye.